Hey everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of the podcast. It's weird, I kind of always say that it's a brand new episode, but if it wasn't a brand new episode, you would just be listening to an older episode. So I don't really know how that works. (laughs) Anyways, I am your host Mandy and it is October and we are talking about some fun October stuff, I guess, this podcast. It's going to be about witches, which you know if you already clicked on the episode to listen to it. Um, before we get into that, I want to just give a shout out to Podbelly Network. It's a great podcast network for all your listening needs and wants for any kind of podcast you could be interested in. Check them out at podbelly.com and check out um, some other podcasts that are part of the network aside from the podcast, but you may want to check out Changing Hearts and Minds or Just the Worst, um, Kim and Ket Stay Alive, Nerds on Topic, or even The Mad Men's Notes. So head over to podbelly.com, check out those other fantastic podcasts that are part of the network, show your love and support, and yeah, I would definitely recommend any of those. So I want to get into today's topic. Um, If you know me and if you follow me on any social media or anything for a while, I consider myself kind of witchy, I guess. I was one of those people that was a witch in high school. The craft was a big influence on my life and I've always just sort of kind of fallen down that path and I thought it'd be interesting for October and Halloween month this year to talk about people being accused of witchcraft, but not in the sense that you're thinking of. That back in the Salem witch trials, there was a lot of accusations that weren't really valid. Um, They were just sort of accusatory people that, you know, may have had problems with neighbors or someone who knew how to make plants, you know, aloe vera for burns and stuff. And they just accused them of being a witch because it was something they didn't understand. These ones we're talking about are the last few women in Canada to actually be charged with witchcraft. And it's one of those things that sort of, I guess, slipped through most people's fingers or minds. Um, They didn't really think that there would be people that could be charged of witchcraft, that it was still a charge on the books, that it was a part of the criminal code in Canada. It did end up getting removed um, as of December 13th, 2018, that the law was actually officially repealed and it's no longer a part of the criminal code of Canada. But until then, (laughs) there was still people being charged with it. And the funny thing is when charges or um, criminal offenses, I guess, get decriminalized, like recently here in Canada, the cannabis (laughs) debate where cannabis is no longer illegal you can still be charged with it, even if it's becoming, like, not becoming illegal as of a certain date. So when cannabis became legal, you know, even till the day before, you could still be charged because that law is not officially on the books yet. And with these last few cases of women being charged with witchcraft in Canada, there was one that was actually charged two days before the law was removed because that's how the law works, right? Up until the point that that law is no longer on the books, you can still be charged with that crime. So the very last woman that was charged with witchcraft in Canada was Tiffany Butch. She goes by the nickname the White Witch of the North. Uh, She's from Timmins, Ontario, which is not too far away from me. And on December 11, 2018, she was formally charged with Section 365 of the Criminal Code, which prohibits pretending to practice witchcraft. A spokesperson for the Timmins Force Police Force said that police and prosecutors work with the laws that are in books at the time, 
And that's why police in the Crown keep ancient or aged versions of the criminal code on hand to see what laws apply. And that goes how I was saying that until the law is taken off the books, it is on the books and you can be charged with it. The fact that the offense is about to be scrubbed was not a factor in the decision to lay the charge and elements of the case were best captured by that section of the criminal code in consultation with the local Crown Attorney's Office. So the police the police force spokesperson also said in this particular set of circumstances, the person gave them a sense of foreboding that a dreadful thing was about to happen to their family at some point and that they should provide them with financial compensation so they could perform some sort of mystical service that would prevent that from happening. Butch denies allegations and she believes she was framed by other psychics. <laughs> so it's almost like it's not really being charged with witchcraft necessarily or pretending to practice witchcraft it is more like being charged with fraud and that's what these last few cases were and that's i guess allegedly like what allegedly these few ones are is it's more fraud because how can you how can you really prove that witchcraft is real or fake like you can't really prove it either way so i think that that's why it's more of a, a fraud charge um Butch said, it's so funny to say Butch, Butch said that people proclaimed me a witch here and gave me the nickname, but I'm not a witch, I'm a psychic. Even though she goes by the nickname the White Witch of the North, so that's a little bit odd. Uh, she said she adopted the nickname because she thought it was cute, but insists that she never pretended to be a witch or illicitly demanded money. Timmons police issued a release stating that the accused maintains an alias and holds herself to a self-proclaimed spir- self spiritualist, medium, and clairvoyant. The department also reminded people to be wary of extravagant claims of impending danger made by a person who claims to be clairvoyant or have mystical powers. So that's, I guess, where the the charges stem from is um, someone's claiming that she told them that there was some kind of you know dreadful thing that's about to happen unless she gave unless they gave her money, so she could remove the curse or give them some kind of protection and I think that like see I was kind of I was talking with my husband about these and we're trying to figure out like what is the difference between psychics that are on the phone or ones that a psychic variant how come they're not being charged with fraud and I think it's more because they I don't know if they say like it's for entertainment purposes but they don't really demand money except for the fee and the same with like tarot card readers so you pay them the fee no matter what the outcome is they're not asking you for a lot of money to remove some curse or something so I think that that's where the fraud line is crossed maybe um so with Tiffany Butch (laughs) so um what was the outcome of her case her charge was formally withdrawn in court on March 26 2019 she had always stated that allegations against her were false and had um, originated from a sister of a competing psychic who had come in for a tarot card reading. The The Crown uh, ultimately agreed to withdraw the charge on the condition that Tiffany Butch make a donation of $750, which was the original amount of the fraud, to the Lord's Kitchen, um, which she did. So they said, you know, as long as she donated the original amount of the fraud allegation to a charity, then that was going to be the end of her court case. Tiffany Butch said it's an old trick amongst competing psychics to send a friend or a family member for a reading, 
and then have them go to the police, alleging fraud in hopes they will discredit the competitor and hurt their business. She admitted that after the charges were laid, I was in a daze because I didn't understand what was going on because none of my customers were bothering me or threatening me or was trying to report me or even asking me for refunds. I think the Crown Attorney finally realized, and possibly the judge realized, that this is two psychics at war, which is an old witch's tale in a small town, and that's what happens when you have two psychics in a small town. So, I mean, I guess you have two psychics competing in a small town and one doesn't like the other one and that's how you get charged with witchcraft in Canada, which I find it, I don't know, it's it's such a weird thing to think that until this law was removed at the end of 2018 that you could still be charged with witchcraft in, in today's society. Like, that's so crazy to me. <coughs> That's so crazy to even to even think of. Um, yeah, so that was the very last person that was charged with witchcraft in Canada. There has been um, a few other ones that were in October of 2018 that were charged. And again, most of these stem from fraud um, and not really... I mean, it, it's so hard that you would charge someone with witchcraft if it wasn't fraud, with like practicing witchcraft. So are you going to charge them with casting a spell of going to the store and buying some herbs and, you know, mashing them up and, and burning them and, you know, saying some words like an incantation and burning some candles and incense and you're going to charge them with that? I mean, the majority of stuff in witchcraft actually stems from Wicca, which is a religion and you can't charge people with a religious practice that's not illegal so I don't know it's it's a really weird situation so (laughs) so let's get into um the other two that were charged in 2018 so there's like you know the ones near the end of the year and I don't know if it's because well they see that it wasn't because it was coming off the books but I kind of wonder that if they're just trying to scoop these charges in before it got taken out of the books. So in October 2018, there was a charge levied against Dory Medina Stevenson, a fortune teller from Milton, Ontario. And I just have to say, I think it's funny that these three women that I'm talking about today are all from Ontario. So I don't know if Ontario is just a bigger witchcraft province or that's where you're more likely or were more likely to get accused of it. So, um, She was a fortune teller from Milton, Ontario, and on October 18th, she was charged after a months-long investigation. She was accused of defrauding a client of $60,000 in cash and property. And yeah, so (laughs) that was her case. And then a week later, a Toronto psychic named Samantha Stevenson. I have to think that like the witch from Bewitched was Samantha Stevens, maybe? I'm not sure which one that was, so... (laughs) Yeah, that's that's weird. Um, so to, <laughs> Toronto Psychic Samantha Stevenson was also arrested in a similar but unrelated investigation. So I wonder if maybe these cops are just looking out for witches. <laughs> um, Stevenson, acting as a psychic, allegedly convinced the victim that she could help him of evil, help rid him of evil spirits, if he transferred large sums of money to her. Police, police said. Stevenson, who used the a- alias Ivana Lopez in the scheme, did not return the money. 
The man sold his home several years ago and transferred the money to Stevenson, police say. Stevenson later requested more money and purportedly to burn in an effort to ward off evil spirits. The victim allegedly sold his car and used credit cards to pay Stevenson that money. In total, this victim lost more than 600000 Canadian dollars. So these ones are a little bit higher than the $750 in the War of Two Psychics. One was $60,000 and one was $600,000. And that's a little bit ridiculous. And these ones definitely seemed more malicious with their frauds. Um, the police go on to say that the accused often advertise themselves as a psychic or religious healer and demand large sums of money to remove curses or evil spirits. What we typically see is a tendency for perpetrators to take advantage of persons when they're in their most vulnerable state. And this kind of goes, you know, along with maybe you had a loved one pass or, you know, you're having a lot of bad luck lately. So you go to someone you think is like a spiritualist, so a psychic, a clairvoyant, um, a witch, <laughs> and you kind of go to them for help and they see that you're in a vulnerable state and decide to take advantage of you. And that's kind of a really shitty thing. So, I mean, that's why they're being charged, charged with fraud. Um, victims are manipulated into believing something bad will happen unless they remit cash. We even see incidents where victims are required to make purchases and remit these purchases in order to be cleansed. Victim and victims cannot be squeezed any longer. The perpetrators rely on the victim's embarrassment in not contacting the police. So, again, it's it's very ridiculous um, that these people would take advantage of, of others. I mean, I always find it a little bit disgusting when people do that. And this is kind of insane to me that these people could fraud people out of $600,000. And it's not really... See, those last two aren't really witchcraft claims they're more they're more claims of like psychic fraud which i think is a completely different thing i tried to look up um the outcome of these cases and i could not find any information and it's been over a year since they've been charged so you think that there would have been something but unfortunately there's you know i couldn't <laughs> find anything in the great google machine so who really knows what happened with those cases? All I know is that now the law is officially off the books. So let's go back to that law. Um, the law has generally been interpreted as a provision against the against using the occult to perpetrate fraud, say by someone promising to cure a disease with magic. The conviction can lead up to a $2,000 fine and up to six months in jail. Um, the law has rarely been applied in the 21st century, although a lot in the last year was on the books. Um, but before that, in 2017, an astrologist and psychic named Morali Mustalyu was charged with witchcraft after a client allegedly paid $100,000 to have a curse removed. The witchcraft rich wow, words right. The witchcraft charge was dropped and he pleaded guilty to fraud instead. In 2012, a man who billed himself as a healer was charged with witchcraft after clients paid him tens of thousands of dollars to remove curses. All charges were dropped after he agreed to pay restitution. And in 2009, Fishwanti Persad was charged with witchcraft in addition to multiple fraud charges. The charge of witchcraft was eventually dropped. Prosec prosecutors withdrew the charge of witchcraft after she pleaded guilty to fraud. So these three other cases, again, were all basically brought down 
defraud. And I just think that it's kind of funny <laughs> when you go back and think about like how, you know, they're these people are being charged with witchcraft, but it's not really. It's basically fraud. So section 365 of the Criminal Code of Canada actually states that it is pretending to practice witchcraft, etc. Um, everyone who fraudulently a pretends to exercise or to use any kind of witchcraft, sorcery, enchantment, or conjuration, b undertakes for consideration to tell fortunes, or c pretends from his skill in or knowledge of an occult or crafty science to discover where or in what manner anything that is supposed to have been stolen or lost may be found is guilty of offense punishable on summary conviction i thought that was kind of funny so it's a crafty science so if you're <laughs> if you pretend to have skill on a crafty science <laughs> to discover something that is lost or stolen then you could have been convicted with pretending to practice witchcraft and that's where the charge comes from is pretending to practice it so what if you're really practicing and you're not pretending do you get charged then are you free to go <laughs> it's it's a bit weird um sorry i'm getting over a cold and a flu and a very stuffy in this episode so it's a bit shorter but i thought it was really interesting to do as a topic and with it being october and you know witching month and all those fun halloweeny things and halloweeny is fun to say that it'd be interesting to talk about the last couple women that were charged with witchcraft in Canada. Um, it's weird, like I've said a hundred times in this episode, being a Canadian to think that people in 2018 were still being charged with witchcraft. And I'm glad that it's not on the books anymore because that's mental. And hopefully it's something that doesn't ever get brought back up. But again, they should have just been charged with fraud anyway. So I think they just kind of look to see where things fit better but yeah they're definitely definitely more fraud charges so hopefully you've enjoyed this little insight to the last few canadians that were charged with witchcraft in canada thanks for listening to the podcast as always you can find us on itunes google play stitcher wherever you get your podcast apps just look for the podcast and as well the podbelly network check them out at podbelly.com on the internet for all your podcast needs and wants and you can find my shop at shop.littlegeekloss.com with all my fun t-shirts as well as everything else you know for me at littlegeekloss.com on the internet check that out as well